This is Driven By, a podcast where we explore the intersection between passion and purpose. Sitting down and having conversations with risk takers, change makers, builders, and entrepreneurs to find out what it is that drives them. Hello, I'm Manny. I'm co-founder of Slate Milk, and uh, I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much for being here. I actually just got done working out, so I did actually get a sleep milk for nice. this conversation. So I'm gonna nice crack touch. it. Okay. Yeah, I thought so. Well, you had the shirt on, so I figured I would I would make sure that I had a beverage in hand. Yeah, also, my boy, uh, my boy Nate O'Neill in uh, in Massachusetts hooks up the shirts. Got to give Nate a shout out. Love it. Well. Back on the mocha latte. Um, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. I just met you this year, I think, right, in Miami. Yep. And um, by way of a mutual friend who has been working with Sleep Milk for some time, who I've known for a really long time. Um, when he first told me that he was going to be working with this company that did like protein, like lactose-free milk situation, I was like, eh, I don't know. And then I had it and I was like, this is delicious. Um, but I can't imagine that if you were to look back at years, years, years in the past, you would have thought that you would be in this position you are today. Um, so I think maybe we start with just, how did you get here? Yeah. Uh, and JJ is quite the character. He is quite literally a walking, talking billboard for Slate. And honestly, <laughs> it's finding people like JJ to get involved with their investors, employees, advisors. Um, just friends of the company that become walking, talking billboards, there are no shortcuts. That's that's how you build a brand is through human beings talking about it. Because you can post about it on social media and maybe some people will give it a go. But at the end of the day, hearing a, about hearing about something from someone that you know and trust and trying it and liking it and becoming a consumer, it's how brands are built. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, man, where to begin? Me and my, so the whole, the whole story began, me and my co-founder, Josh, um, who I always joke is the real branch of the operation. We were both in the startup tech space in Boston. And we had kind of caught the startup bug. We had raised some money. We had learned about ventures and um, knew we wanted to, both wanted to create something we could hold. And both of our companies at the time were going through pivots. And that's when we came together and realized we were both crushing high sugar, lactose-free chocolate milk. And we were like, man. If we could create a healthier chocolate milk that was higher in, in protein, lower in sugar, better for the planet, not meant for kids, we could help give chocolate milk, chocolate milk a clean slate. That's where the name came <laughs> from. And we thought there could be something there. And we just started Googling like chocolate milk market size and like lactose free market size. But what, what we realized is that if we could attack the ready-to-drink protein space, which was growing like crazy, and the ready-to-drink coffee space, which was growing like crazy, with a high-protein drink that drank like a chocolate milk and a coffee drink that was high in protein that also kind of drank like a chocolate milk, um, those are two growing markets that we thought we could attack with a chocolate milk drink. And I just started Googling how to launch a chocolate milk company. And one thing led to another, and we launched in late 2019. I think that's so, like... People just don't, I don't think, recognize like the power of Google. Like it starts with an idea, right? You like have mm -hmm. this idea that, you know, that you just like, I think that there's something here. I know I like milk, chocolate milk, like you like chocolate milk. Like let's just Google and see what's out there. And then to understand the market and just do the research and then get to this place where you're like, okay, like now let's execute. 
I would imagine that was like, okay, well, how do we do this? And so you understand the market and then you get to this place of like, okay, now what? Like, I can't imagine like the type of like brainstorming sessions, the people that you have to like tap in the resources, et cetera. And you have so many incredible like investors and, and groups of people that are supporting you. How does that happen? Like, how do you start making these connections? Is it just knocking on doors? Is it like just talking to anybody and everybody out there about this product or, or yeah. how do we get to that place? No, it's a great question. And I think that we've been very fortunate that we have had people along the way that have took, taken flyers on us. And it did start with asking. It started like one of our, our lead investors, the one that, that we talked about on, on Shark Tank, my co-founder, Josh, found him on a golf course. <laughs> and Josh is a nice golfer. He always jokes that when his golf game gets too good, it means that he's not working hard enough. So he's, he's taking it down a little bit, but uh, he was just chipping, like waiting for a uh, for like a member guest or something to start. And this old guy came up to him and was like, what are you doing? Like, and just started chatting in his ear. And Josh was, still is the best salesman I know. And at the time, didn't even start Slate yet. And uh, the guy said, come back when you have the next Facebook. And that was probably, I don't know, seven months before, or a year before Josh and I teamed up. And we went back to this guy because he actually was in the food space. He was the first sales broker for uh, the largest Greek yogurt company in the country. And we said, hey, bud, we got, we got something for you. It's not Facebook. It's chocolate milk. And he looked at us. He goes, milk? Effing milk? Get the F out of here. And that guy ended up writing our first and large, at the time, largest check in the business because it was our first. And it was a meaningful check at that point. And he introduced us to a few people. Uh, like those people introduced us to a few people. We had someone from... Uh, Whole Foods actually reach out to us, DM me on, on LinkedIn after our Kickstarter campaign, just based on the video, like love the energy. And she introduced us to a handful of people. Uh, the co-founder of Halo Top Ice Cream, who's now a, a friend and investor, Josh DM'd him on LinkedIn. And his business partner at the time just so happened to be drinking a slate or like had a case of slate in his fridge. And so became a friend. And look, there are plenty of people that we've reached out to and still reach out to that won't get back to us or um, maybe like we just missed somehow maybe like they've reached out to us and we haven't been able to connect or what what have you but a lot of people in the startup community we found like to help each other out and it's not inauthentic right it's not like tit for tat or anything like that it's just like if someone's doing something cool like people typically want to be a part of it and i think that the innovation with something so simple as chocolate milk that it had some innovation but hadn't been innovated like like we were innovating it, um, I think wanted, it kind of reeled people in to come along for the journey. And then I think something that we often try to do is if, if we believe someone can help us, a lot of times we're, like we'll ask for help, but also we'll never pressure anyone. We'll never, even when we send out cases to people on social media, it's not like if people want to post, if they like it, great. But you know, unless we have something contractual, we're not typically asking for anything in return. It's just, we, we want people to like our brand and like our people. And then a lot of times people are, are open to help. Yeah. Well, before we dive into like some of the things that you all have done along the way, the Kickstarter campaign, the fact that you were on Shark Tank, like all of these things definitely help drive some notoriety and some like excitement around the brand, but like fast or I guess like go back, like when you were like very little, like what did you want to be when you were a, a little Manny? Oh man. Well, I always joke that my uh, 
my doctor when I was in seventh grade told me I was going to be six four, and my doctor would never lie to me. So I'm still waiting for that growth spurt. That's why I drink a lot of sleep. Um, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure when I was like five, I said I wanted to be a squirrel when I grew up, which is like an ongoing joke for my family. Uh, I honestly, I loved all I did was play sports. Like the only thing I cared about until probably college was getting good enough grades to get by so my my parents don't yell at me and being a great athlete. Like those are just being a part of a team. And I always played team sports. I played baseball, basketball, football, football, and baseball through through varsity, my senior year of school. Um, but those are the only things I cared about. And I think it, it did kind of, obviously, your kid shape who you are. Like even when I was in like kinder kick so- soccer, I had hair like down to here, like super long hair. Um, down to like my collarbone and everyone thought I was like a foreign kid because I was always really big for my age. I was like dominate kinder kick soccer. But I think that's that's all I knew and all I loved. Um mm-hmm. and then getting into college, I my freshman year of college tore everything in my knee. Um I wasn't gonna play college sports, but I would have like played club or something like that. Um and that's when I became a part of a community service organization called the Dream Program where I became VP of recruitment. And then became part of a, a frat where I was VP. And just, again, being a part, a team and like leading that team and trying to make it the best was all I knew. It's all I cared about growing up. And then I think there are a lot of similarities in business to sports, to college organizations where like at a startup, it's up to every individual person when you're a group of 10, 50, even 150, it's up to every individual person to contribute to building like what you want to build. And I think that's just all I knew was being a part of a team and building. So when I grew up though, no idea what I wanted to be. And I, I always, Josh and I always joke, we still don't know what we want to be when we grow up. <laughs> well, I mean, I think squirrel probably works. I mean, I've seen mm-hmm. you squirrel about um, yes. now, but I, I think that's, it makes sense, right? That you were an athlete and, and somebody that would like take an interest in ultimately like, health and, and physical well-being and at the end of the day what slate's doing is it's providing like protein to athletes or you know folks that have a health and wellness like situation where they need to make sure that they're ingesting protein in a way that like tastes delicious and also gets the job done so it seems like you're you're on path with like where you were previously and i think what you said about you know being part of a team and then all that good stuff like really speaks to how you get this done, how you continue to have that entrepreneurial spirit, how you're willing to like engage with people, ask for help, et cetera. So um, definitely, definitely makes sense. I mean, listen, being starting a Kickstarter campaign, you're just like throwing something up on the internet and being like, God, I hope somebody like sees this and actually like wants to contribute. And then to go on Shark Tank and like, I hope we don't, like suck at this. I hope this works. Like all these things, these are like shots in the dark or like things that I know you guys prepare for, but what was that experience like with nerves, uh, thought process? Like how were you looking to differentiate yourselves in the market, et cetera? You talking about Kickstarter or Shark Tank? Both. I mean, those are both two, like two experiences that like put you in a place where you like are taking a massive bet on yourself and putting yourself out there in a very public way. I mean, tank for sure. I think there are a lot of similarities between entrepreneurship and art, right? Because both you are putting yourself out there for the entire world to see when I say art, like whether it's music, whether it's painting, whether it's uh, It's a very deep thing for you to say. It's true though. Like (laughs) you, you literally put yourself out there 
and your friends and family and everyone you've ever met could literally hate what you've done because it's something you've created. It's something where you create something and you give it the best you got. You know, you're going to try to make it better. But I think that uh, what a lot of people fear is the rejection. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Josh and I teamed up early. We're like, we don't give an F. Like if people don't like, we like it. We created this company so we could drink chocolate milk every day. And we can get to that point where now it's like evolved into more of a fitness brand. But we're like, shit, if we create something really good that we want every day and we drink it every day, other people will too. And I think that's still, when we create products, like I oversee R&D and innovation, it's like, do I want to eat or drink this every day? And it does Josh and does Justin, our head of ops, and does Mike, our, our VP of, of sales, and Todd and, and Ron and AC and like the rest of the team, like, do they want this every single day? And if the answer is no, we're not there yet. Yeah. And even the product that we brought on Shark Tank, if anyone's seen it, uh, Cuban didn't like it very much. But I will say still, that was a great product. It never hit the shelves. So now diving into it, uh, actually back on Kickstarter, we were able to claw our way to get a, an early iteration of our product, which people enjoyed. We had a, a Kickstarter party at the Bell and Hand in Boston. I think probably like 400 people showed up. We hit our goal of $10,000 in the first 12 hours while everyone's there, like on a projector screen, sprayed chocolate milk all over the ceiling. Still probably not allowed back in that establishment, but no, they were <laughs> awesome. And from that, kind of parlayed into filming Shark Tank, which ended up airing in 2020, but we filmed in 2019. And uh, we knew going in, sharks weren't going to like the valuation very much. Product was something that, was very good, but not complete. Like it wasn't a final formulation. Didn't even have cans. If you actually zoom it, if you look at where Josh kind of reveals the can, it's a piece of paper taped on a can and it got all, it was in his back pocket and it got all sweaty there. So <laughs> it, it was like a little like crumpled. And look, there's so many things that could have gone better with that. But at the end of the day, we, I'm pretty sure it's airing again tonight, actually, or sometime this week because we got a notification. But at the end of the day, is it going to change our business for better or for worse? Probably not. But it's just a step on the journey. And, and having that notch on the journey of idea, Kickstarter, Shark Tank, you know, 12, 13,000 doors still growing, like UFC partners, like all of this stuff that has now like parlayed into the next thing is a story that investors and retailers and even just like fans of of startups appreciate and so that's why like were we nervous obviously like it's the super bowl of startups but you can't really have regrets because josh and i always say nlb never look back like (laughs) in the moment something goes good or bad typically bad like most things do in startups you kind of just go over the game film uh, we just say like we'll just say like on text like debrief and like we'll just debrief something and then we'll never talk about it again because it's just like you gotta move forward. I do um think that that is something that and and granted I've spent limited time with you and Josh, but mm-hmm. I've met both of you and I do think like you both have this like very lightness about you. Like you don't take anything too seriously. I think you do take the business seriously, obviously. Um and you want to see it be successful, especially as much time and effort you put into it. But there's just like a a nice camaraderie and friendship amongst you and even other folks that have like kind of been a part of your journey. And I think it's something that definitely like um leans into being a positive thing for yourselves from what I can see. 
Um, but I'm curious, like at this point, you just mentioned it, right? Like you have this massive UFC partnership as well. Um, you're seeing your brand kind of evolve and continue to like, I'm guessing pick up speed. I mean, I see slate milk in more and more places now than I did before. When I first heard about it, I was like, well, where do I find this? And, you know, it was a little bit more challenging. Um, initially now it's like in my gym that I work out at, Which gym? Which gym? um, I work out at cut seven in DC and they sell it in cut seven. I don't know if that's like on purpose or if they're just buying it and then reselling it, but <laughs> I, so that's that. Yeah. As you, that's also the thing is as you get bigger, more and more people start buying it. I mean, we, we have people that sell in the gyms. I wonder if they, uh, reach out to us, reach out to them. Tell them. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but I'm wondering if there's like been a moment for you yet where you're like, uh-huh. like, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, I feel good about what I'm doing. This was the right move. It was, it was the right bet to take on myself or if you're still waiting for that moment. I, I mean, I transparently, I never had any doubts. Like even we knew, cause and, and that's, that's not, that's not me trying to be like cocky or overly confident it's now. because if you think of most successful startups on the planet, they started as something else. Yeah. Like think about Zuck with, with Facebook. Like that's obviously there's a freaking movie about it. So everyone sees that one. Like when you start a business, chances are in five years, it's not going to be the business anymore. But if you have the right people and you think about business the right way, where you're truly solving a problem in a growing market, then there are enough changes that you can make with a great business partner to end up solving a different problem. So long as it's still something that you're passionate about. So I think John, like, look, we thought we were helping to give chocolate milk a clean slate. Now what we're building is the foundation of a, a clean, food and drink protein platform. Mm-hmm. And as and not a lot of people see that, not a lot of people know that because they're not in the day to day, but our team knows that. We know that what we're building is more than just healthy chocolate milk. And we don't go around like announcing things to the world. Like we don't talk about our vision to the world, of course. But I think that like even like Bezos was on a podcast talking about like when people say that he had a great quarter, he's like, well I planned that quarter three years ago. <laughs> so he's thinking three years in the future. And look, we we are still we're not big enough to start playing quarters three years in the future but the idea is we have like we have a team of 40 right now and they're absolute beasts like they're all stars and and we hire entrepreneurs we hire people that basically have a manager but don't need to be managed and they go out and they they do their job and they grind and they help build a business however they can and they talk about the brand and and they want to be a part of building something bigger and we're still running the day to day and still growing, of course. And there are things that go wrong all the time. But right now, we're starting to think eighteen months, twenty four months in the future. And what we're what we set out to the problem we set out to solve is still a problem we're solving, but not as much bigger. And that's we think that the future of all of diets or a, a large part of all of diets is just going to be high protein everything, mm. which it is. Like we're going to see in ten years, we'll see high protein pasta sauce. We'll see high protein salad dressing. Like right now, we're obviously solving for high protein chocolate lumper shakes and high protein coffees. But I think, and we're not going to do pasta sauce and, and salad <laughs> dressing. Just to be clear, I'm not, I'm, that's not. But you sharing I your think, vision. No, I, <laughs> my vision for the world is that diets are going to lean in a lot more to high protein everything. Sure. And we started by doing high protein real or high protein drinks. Sorry. But we're still doing that. But yeah, that's that's what we're we're uh, the. The initial, initial question was, uh, what like 
what was that moment? I don't think there's ever been. Yeah, I don't think there's ever been like a true moment. There have been some really cool moments where we sat back and Josh and I kind of like gave each other that head nod, which is the the, the, just like that silent head nod, like this is effing cool. But I I don't think early on there was like a we stayed in. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll never hit it. Who knows? Well, and it's interesting because your lives have evolved and changed, like. Oh, probably a lot like since like day one right I mean Josh is I think he's getting married or he got yeah. married right he's like you've moved like mm. cities I mean like you guys are kind of continuing to like grow and evolve as individuals while also staying true and connected to this like thing that you started together I mean that's also got to be really um not just rewarding but also present some challenges or like just have to create a need to evolve and change with your brand has that like has that been a challenge for you all? Has that been something that's been exciting about the journey? Yeah, it's, it is our lives. Slate is our lives. I think that there are plenty of founders out there, people that start businesses or what have you, that they think about it as work. And I think that's fine. Like it's, you can, it depends on what you do. Some businesses, it's very hard to just have your brand be your day job. I think most brands you see that want to be the biggest and best at what they do, which is what Josh and I want to be. It is your life. Like there are, influencer partners or people all the time where I'm in their phone as Manny Slate and they don't even know my last name or they just know Josh and I as like Josh and Manny the chocolate milk guys and like they don't even like we, they just think about us as one and a lot of our investors and partners will just talk to us interchangeably because like we're literally always like you talk to me or Josh like the conversation just continues that's how we work yeah. like we tell everyone that um but yeah Slate is our lives and I think that it's it's fun like we always joke when we're like tech on a call together at like 11 at night trying to figure out something for the next day like wouldn't have it any other way we signed up for this we will never complain about it right. and it's we see how big the business can be still got a, a long way to go still a million things that can go wrong we are like i said i i don't know if we'll ever be there like done like whatever whatever but we kind of live every day like we can lose it all tomorrow and live in our parents basements like we just that's kind of still our mentality where there's a lot to lose but still you got to make great decisions um but no it's it's been our lives and my relationship with josh I, i'll say this publicly all the time my relationship with josh is more important than my relationship with slate because right now we're just so involved in the business where us being aligned on everything even when we don't agree fleshing it out and coming to a, a solution there's never been a situation where we move over something where one of us disagrees we always like mm-hmm. miss the other person play sides what have you but our relationship is more important than either of our individual relationships to the business just because we are so involved in operating mm-hmm. the business day to day well and that's like such an important thing in entrepreneurship i mean you hear about all these like uh you know co-founded businesses that like ultimately like either not that they fail, but one person's like, ah, I'm out. Like they go do their own thing. And it's never quite the same. Like you listen to podcasts, like how I built this and you mm-hmm. hear about these things that you know and love, but you, you find out that there was another person that was involved in it and you hear about the heartbreak and it's always this like downturn of the story. And so I think that's great that you guys are prioritizing each other. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the longest relationship either of you have ever had, although I guess he's um, getting married. He's getting married. <laughs> maybe me. <laughs> But I'm curious, um, when you think about challenges, like in your journey, for you personally, maybe, I mean, or for you and Josh, you know, what has been the biggest challenge you've had to overcome? Oh, man. How much time do we have? No. However long we want it to be. (laughs) No. I mean, 
the big it's so hard to 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 talk about the biggest challenge because I think the biggest challenge changes monthly. But sure. <clears throat> I mean, I think something that we talk about often is the speed of growth. And it's mm-hmm. not like we could snap our fingers and do a billion dollars in sales. But I think that when you're a startup business, if you just grow as fast as you can, then you burn a lot of money and there's yeah. a lot more risk. But if you burn too slow, like if you're talking about growing uh, 5% year over year, like basically having flat years, you're not growing fast enough and someone come in the market and, and do it bigger and better. Or maybe uh, you're just not hitting a large enough subset of the market and um, someone like people start hearing about a different brand. So I think it's the speed of growth, I think is something that we talk about very often. Mm-hmm. is how fast do we want to grow and why? Because there are obviously benefits of growing fast. You're making more money. You sure. are a bigger company. It's easier to create that that brand equity moat because more people are hearing about you and making things. But if you grow a little slower, then you're growing more profitably. You are, uh, there. when things go wrong, they're typically on smaller scales, right? If you're in 10 stores versus if you're, in a thousand stores and the same problem is happening, heck of a lot easier to fix it in 10 stores. Sure. So what is it the biggest problem? I'm not sure. I think it's the problem that I always come back, that we always come back to Josh and I, that we've discussed since pre-launch. So. Yeah. Hmm. Um, when you think about what personally drives you every day, like if you had to condense it into a single word, what would that be? Single word of what drives me. Man, I, 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 I don't. I one word is it's just it's fun. It's so fun building this thing with people that we genuinely love, like family that we would do anything for, that we know would do anything for, like for us and for the brand. That just like want to build a big business. Mm-hmm. It is very fun. And obviously, you know, you get bigger, there, there are financial benefits. And I think that, you know, flipping it, I think what really genuinely drives our team also is the fact that we are like our, our mission is stronger people, stronger planet. It's literally, we are taking out high sugar, low protein drinks and injecting high protein like no sugar drinks into people's diets. So when people choose slate over something else that's higher in sugar and lower in protein, we are quite literally making them stronger. Mm-hmm. And then stronger planet, when people choose a, a slate in a an aluminum can over a plastic bottle, we are literally pulling plastic out of the earth. Like we're mm-hmm. actually a plastic certified business. So every pound of plastic we use in our packaging, we remove from the planet. So we've never had a pound of plastic to the world. And Every time someone brings something in a plastic bottle, they're adding plastic to the world. So stronger people, right. people, stronger planet. That's our mission. And that's actually what we do. And whether we talk about it often or not, it is what drives us. Where it's being a part of this better for you movement is, is drives, it drives us, but it's also very fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't know about the sustainability uh, angle and I have been consuming this for a second. So thank you for further educating me. Um, If somebody were to be stepping into a similar space or just be like coming to a place where they want to take a bet on themselves or whatever it might be, and they come to you and they're like, give me some advice. Like what kind of advice would you give them? I would say first, you're 
finding the right business partner is more important than the business itself. So if you're going to go solo dolo, uh, have great people around you that can call out you on your BS. I'm, I know one of my weaknesses is I'm overly stubborn sometimes, but (laughs) yes, believe it or not. (laughs) But, uh, Josh and I, Josh just gets through to me. And I, I, something that I like, I, I, people on our team that I think they, they just are able to to get through. And I think that everyone on the team, I think you understand each other's strengths and weaknesses. No one's perfect. Everyone has things that are bad that they can turn to good and and things that they just need to work on and things that are great qualities. But you need people around you with different personalities that think differently than you, but also can align with you. And and you're not going to spend eight hours a day fighting and bickering. Um, So I think finding the right business partner or people around you is more important than the business itself. The business will change. The business will change from what you set out to solve, the problem you set out to solve. Either the problem will change or you'll realize the problem that you're trying to solve is so minuscule versus a problem that, that gets uncovered as the journey continues. Sure. Amazing. I know we don't talk about the vision of Slate like very publicly too often, and I'm certainly not going to ask you to disclose anything that you shouldn't. Um, but the business has evolved and changed since 2019. Um, you all are now doing powders, right? Like sticks. Mm-hmm. Am I making that up? Um, yep, we are. You know, putting that out into market, which I think is great for grab and go, being able to take Slate on the road with you, et cetera. Um, what does it look like for you guys in the next like year, three years, five years? Like, How do you all see yourselves continuing to evolve with the market and evolve with the idea that, you know, us as a people are going to be looking at more high protein diets, et cetera. Yeah. I think we want to continue growing the business that works. The business that mm-hmm. works right now is we sell high protein drinks. We sell high protein. We actually evolved past chocolate milk into milkshakes. So high protein milkshakes and high protein coffees that based on the velocities we're seeing in retail, our, our e-com orders and, and just the fact that we're ending up in random gyms, like it's, <laughs> it's working. And we want to continue growing that business. We want to, like we set out, Josh and I were like, we want to be one of the biggest beverage brands on the, on the planet one day. And that's still part of it. Like we still mm-hmm. want to have our, our sugar-free high protein drinks that are in aluminum cans in every store. Because when I'm going to the airport and I want a little protein, like something that's high in protein right now, my options aren't too good. Like there's still no. so many places where we think people are going to want to grab and grow high protein drink. That's not just post-workout. So continue to grow that business is huge. We do have the the stick powders. Um, we believe that there's still an opportunity in the, the powder space. So you might, yeah. we might have some more innovation coming there. And then one day we want people to be able to consume slate in a lot of different formats because slate at the end of the day, it's clean. So there's no artificial ingredients. It's high protein, low sugar, and lactose free. So yeah. there are plenty of different ways other than drinks and powders to consume slate. Maybe one day we have more options. Um, but I think the vision is to be a part of this high protein, no sugar, clean movement mm-hmm. of products that uh, we think will genuinely help people, help fuel people and uh, help them change their diets to be healthier. Amazing. Yeah. For folks that are going to see this, there it is. Very exciting. I, yeah. I love the product. So I'm like, me too. Me too. Big well, fan. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. 
All right. So if people want to learn more about you, want to learn more about Slate, where's the best way for them to do that? And what's the best way for them to make sure Slate is in their refrigerators at home? Yeah. So slatemilk.com is our website. We're at Slate Milk on Instagram. We uh, are, we have Amara and Morgan and AC always responding to DMs. So you can DM us on Instagram. We should get back within a week, hopefully sooner. But you can buy, you can go to our website at slatemilk.com and check our store locator, or uh, you can buy us on our website or Amazon. Awesome. Well, I really, really appreciate you taking time to have this conversation. I know this was like a couple months in the making, so I'm glad mm-hmm. we were able to have the chat. And I am, uh, you know, I'm cheering you guys on. I am excited to see your continued growth and, and evolution, not just as entrepreneurs, but also as a brand. And so um, thank you so much for spending the time. Yeah. All right. That's the show. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you heard, give us a follow on Instagram, driven by underscore blank. Share it with your friends. Pass along the good word. And for the love of God, continue to acknowledge your passions. Let love be your guide and always walk in purpose. Until next time, I'm Karen, and this has been a conversation about the intersection between passion and purpose.